Welcome to the Gateway Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message from our Christmas series helps you to prepare Him room as you discover the hope that we have in Jesus. Good morning. Why don't we grab a seat? Make sure you catch up with a few people a little later on. Another big good day to our Gateway Online family. Great to have you with us today. It is, uh, as Susan said, it is great to be home. Last weekend, we had some uh, great worship experiences. Saturday night, Susan and I got to sit in the choir stalls at St. Paul's Cathedral in London for their evening worship. And thankfully, they didn't want us to sing from the choir stalls, uh, but it was uh, just magnificent to, to be there and to hear them sing the Magnificat, the Mary's song, in a place, in a beautiful building where... Jesus has been worshipped for 1,400 years, not something you get to do in Australia uh, very often. And it was a, it was a great experience just uh, looking up and just in this mag- majestic uh, building and uh, giving glory to God. And then the next uh, Sunday morning, uh, we got to worship at Holy Trinity Brompton, uh, the home of Alpha where literally millions of people around the world have come to Jesus through Alpha, including here in this church. And uh, I got to sneak into the third back row, which I hardly ever get to do. The third back row of church, just incognito, and just taking my jacket off, and I was about to sit down before the first song, and uh, someone just tapped me on the shoulder from the row behind, and they said, good morning, pastor. Aren't you supposed to be at Gateway? And there was a couple there from our city campus who are visiting their daughter in London uh, for a few months. You cannot escape this church anywhere. (laughs) We walk out of church and then we, uh, about 20 minutes later, caught up with Ryan and Anna Cuthel, two of our Gateway Beyond missionaries from Kenya, on the way home via London. We had lunch with them and their family and it's great to have you guys home. Would you put your hands together? For uh, Ryan and Anna, a bit surreal to sit and have uh, lunch with them in the middle of London, but it is really good to be home. I really believe this morning that God wants to uh, fill our hearts with hope. We're starting a new series in this Advent season called Prepare Him Room. The the carol that we started with this morning, if you're here at church on time, was uh, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let the earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And I just believe that's a, a prophetic word for us this year. I've had this series in my mind all year, actually since Christmas Eve last year, that God is calling us to prepare our hearts, to prepare room in our hearts for him to come and fill it. And this morning, I really believe God wants to fill our hearts with hope. Whether whether you're with us online or whether you're here in the room, I just believe that God wants to fill hearts with hope this morning. Would you pray with me? God, this morning, would you come by your Holy Spirit and would you work in our hearts would you fill our hearts with hope? God, would you, would you fill our hearts with faith and trust in your promises for the future? That God, in whatever we're walking through, we will take hold of those promises, that we will put our faith in you and our hearts will overflow with hope. God, would you help us to respond in obedience and in trust this morning? I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, who can you trust to keep their promises to you? Who who can you trust to keep their promises to you? You know, I made a big promise 11 years ago on Susan's 40th birthday. We were lost in the Simpson Desert. We'd taken a wrong turn and we were running out of food. We had no presents, we had no cake. Susan hadn't slept for a number of nights because there was a mouse plague in the Simpson Desert and there was literally mice running all over our tent all night. It wasn't the greatest birthday. 
and there was a few tears. And in the midst of that moment, I made a big promise. I said, I promise you, when you turn 50, we will be in Paris. That's a big promise. I'm not very good at keeping simple promises. I mean, I make simple promises to myself all the time that I break. You know, I promise myself that this Christmas I won't eat a whole packet of fruit mince pies. I tell you, fruit mince pies taste good in Scotland. I've already broken that promise. And then I promise myself that I'm going to run every day in December to run off the calories of those fruit mince pies. Simple promise. But yesterday was windy, and I don't like running in the wind. And so I haven't even fulfilled promises that I make to myself, but I was absolutely determined to fulfill this promise, to keep this promise to Susan. The only problem was she turned 50 right in the middle of COVID, July 2021, and we could not go anywhere. In fact, do you remember these days? Her family could not even cross the border from Sydney. The closest we got to Paris was going down the Gold Coast and me and the kids made the Eiffel Tower on the beach. (laughs) That was as close as she got. And at the end of the weekend, I said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I didn't keep my promise. And she said, I don't care. It's been a great weekend. And to tell you the truth, I'd really prefer to go to Scotland and England than Paris anyway. I said, you could have told me in the last 10 years. But I said, okay, when I turn 50, if the world's back to normal, we'll go to Scotland and England. And that's what we've done for the the last four weeks. And just five days ago, on our last day in London, we caught the train to Paris and we went to the real Eiffel Tower. Promise made, promise kept, sort of. It just took a little bit longer than we were hoping for. Moral of the story is, you can trust me to fulfill my promises sometimes. But the big question for us today is can we trust God to keep his promises always? You know, God makes some big promises. You know, God promised Israel that he would bless them in such a significant way, in such a powerful way, that the whole world would be blessed through them. That's a big promise. You know, can can God be trusted to fulfill his promises? You know, we determine whether we can trust someone to fulfill their promises in the future depending on whether they've kept their word, they've kept their promises in the past. That's what we do with the people around us all the time. We determine when they make a promise to us, you know, whether we can trust that promise for the future, depending on whether they've kept their promises in the past. And it's the same with God. We've got to determine whether, you know, we can trust him to keep his promises into the future, And it's dependent on whether he's he's kept his promises in the past. And God's made some big promises. And in 735 BC, there's a young king named King Ahaz, who who was the king of Israel, or he was the king of the southern kingdom of Israel, which is now called Judah. And his two northern neighbours, you know, Ephraim or Israel, the other part of the kingdom, and Aram, just a quick uh, uh, map up on the screen, his two northern neighbours actually come to him and say, look, the Assyrian Empire to our north is growing and has come on our doorstep. He says, why don't we all join together, these three kingdoms, and we'll go and fight Assyria and we'll wipe them out. And King Ahaz says, no way. Syrian empire is too big. They're they're too strong. I I don't want to be part of this. And so the the king of Ephraim and, and the king of Aram get their knickers in a twist with Ahaz and say, if you're not gonna join us, we're gonna wipe you out. And Ahaz is freaking out. His faith in God is shaken and he's shaken with fear. And it's into this situation that God sends the prophet Isaiah 
in 735 BC. And I just want to read from Isaiah chapter 7. So if you've got a Bible, uh, just open it up, start at verse 2. It says, Now the house of David, now this is really important, God's putting that in there to, so that uh, Ahaz understands and we understand that, that, that God has made covenant promises to David in the past, to the, to the house of, of David, and he is to be trusted because he's made these promises in the past. And it says, The house of David was told, Aram has aligned itself with Ephraim and the two northern neighbours, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. I just want to pause there for a minute. We're going to keep reading. But just before we keep reading, what is it that's got you shaken right now? What, what, what is it that's got you a little freaked out, maybe just a little anxious? It might be global events like it was for Ahaz. Maybe you're looking at what's happening in the Ukraine or what might happen with China in the future or maybe you're looking at the economic situation around the world or a global food shortage that's growing and it's just got you a little anxious. You're a little shaken as you think about you know, what might happen into the future. Maybe it's much closer to home. It's you know, things that are happening in your own personal life. Maybe it's something that's happening in your family. Relationships that are strained or broken or kids going off the rails or marriage that seems to be tearing apart and it's got you shaken. Maybe it's a financial situation, jobs are drying up and the bank balance is getting skinny and you're kind of not sure what the future holds and it's got you a little shaken. Maybe there's some uncertainty for you. You're not sure what 2023 looks like in your workplace or what it might look like for your family. It's just got you a little shaken, a little anxious. Maybe it's a health diagnosis you've recently received and you don't know what it's gonna mean for your future and it's got you shaken. Whatever the situation is for you, I just want you to keep that in mind as we read the rest of this uh, story. Verse three, it says, And the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jeshub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, and I believe this is what God is saying to us in whatever situations God has shaken, be careful. Keep calm and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, the kings and the son of Ramalia. Aram, Ephraim and Ramalia's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tobiel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. Listen to these words. Whatever's got you shaken right now, I believe there are words for us today. If you do not stand firm in your faith now, you will not stand at all. You know, as Ahaz is shaking with fear, thinking about what's coming into the future, the threats that are coming against him, God sends a prophet named Isaiah with a promise of hope. He wants to put hope in the heart of Ahaz for the future. And that's what the promises of God do. The promises of God give hope to the people of God. The promises of God give hope to the people of God when they're shaking with fear. The promises of God give hope to the people of God for their future when they're walking through dark valleys. I really believe this morning, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, we're gonna pray together at the end. We're gonna just create some time for God to fill our hearts with hope. I believe he wants to fill us with hope today. Unfortunately, Ahaz doesn't trust the promises. He doesn't have hope in God's promises. You know, this, this word hope in the Hebrew scripture, it's actually quite different to the way we use the word hope today. We say things like, and maybe this has gone through your head in the last 20 minutes, 
I hope my husband takes me to Paris when I turn 50. Come on, anyone, be honest, anyone's that gone through anyone's head this morning? Oh, I'm telling you, you've got to be lost in the Simpson Desert first. All right, that's, that's, the, that's the conditions. Oh, maybe I hope I don't put any, on any weight when I eat all those fruit mince pies. You know, that's not hope that the Bible's talking about, that is wishful thinking. You know, the definition of hope in the Bible is actually, you know, to, to trust and to wait with confident expectation. Absolutely confident that God is going to fulfill his promises. It is not wishful thinking, it's trusting and waiting that God will fulfill his promises in the future. Unfortunately, Ahaz will not trust. He will not wait for God to fulfill his promises. He's losing heart. I wonder if some of us, you know, are losing heart. You know, Ahaz is losing heart because he's going through a really difficult time. Life's not working out as he'd planned. The same thing can happen for us. When life's not working out as we'd planned, we can lose heart in the power of God. You see, we lose heart in the power of God when we lose hope in the promises of God. I want to encourage you today to put your hope in the promises of God because it will fill your heart with what God can do into the future, with all that he's got planned you know, for the future, both the short-term and into the long-term future, his eternal plan. But we lose heart when we lose hope in the promises of God. Isaiah says, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid, don't lose heart because of these smoldering stubs of firewood. You know, Ahaz has got this story playing in his head, and we see it in the scriptures. These two kings are gonna come and beat me up, and there's nothing I can do. There's nothing anyone can do. There's nothing God can do. I'm gonna get beaten up. This is the story that's going on in his head, and he's listening to that story, and it's affecting his heart. And the story that we listen to actually impacts the faith in our heart. The story that we listen to actually determines the life that we live. And so God sends the prophet Isaiah to tell him a different story. So I want you to listen to a different story. This will not happen. It's not gonna play out the way you think it's gonna play out. But he won't listen to the different story. And we read a story like this and we're not in Ahaz's situation. We think, oh, I'd kind of like a prophet to turn up and tell me what's gonna happen and make life a little bit easier. You know, the book of Hebrews actually says we got something much better than a prophet. We got something much better than what Ahaz had. You know, Ahaz had a prophet turn up, but we've had the son of God turn up. Much better than a prophet. You see, Ahaz needed a prophet to turn up from the word of God. We've got the word of God in our pocket. You see, you know, as I said before, we, we determine whether somebody you know, will keep their promises in the future depending on whether they've kept their promises in the past. In your pocket, on your phone, in your handbag, wherever you have your Bible, we have all of the promises of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ in the Word of God. It's a great little verse in 2 Corinthians chapter one. It says, can you just put it up on the screen? I've just forgotten the start of it. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Well, what a great message of hope for all of us today. But we're living in a time where we can see all of the promises of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ. You can get a word from God in your pocket every day. Some of us have got to start taking hold of that word of God and listening to a different story. I've got one practical response for us today. I actually got two, but this is the first one. Practical response. You know, often we get to this time of year 
and we go, I'll go on the diet in January or I'll start going to the gym in January or I'll, uh, I'll get my devotional life right in January or I'll start going to church again in January. Don't wait. This is my one practical response. Between now and Christmas Eve, read the Gospel of Matthew and find 20 direct fulfillments of God's promises fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There's a lot more than 20 indirect Old Testament prophecies and promises fulfilled in Christ in the book of Matthew, but there's 20 direct promises, 20 direct prophecies where the gospel writer Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit, actually takes hold of what was written in the Old Testament to help people to see all of the promises of God are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Go on a little treasure hunt. Find them. Just find one a day. Look back, you'll be able to see, if you look in your little notes in your Bible, you'll be able to see where it's quoted from, from the Old Testament. Go back and see this ancient promise six, seven hundred years earlier and how it's all been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. You see, for us today, there's a different story to listen to. Now, some of us are listening to a story that says, I'll never change. This is just the way I'll always be. Well, if that's the story you're listening to, that's the way you'll live. You'll never change. It's the way you'll always be. The Bible's got a different story. Some of of you are saying things like, I hate the suffering and injustice in the world, but there's nothing I can do about it. Well, if that's the story you're listening to, that's the way you'll live. The Bible's got something different to say. I've had a leadership coach for the last couple of years. Just, I want to keep growing and learning as a leader. I want to become the best leader that God's designed me to be. And he he says, he'll challenge me all the time on different things I've done or said. And I'll make an excuse and I'll say, well, that's just the way I am, Graham. That's, That's who I am. And he says, well, that's your old story. That's the story you've been telling yourself for a long time. What's the new story? And it's infuriating. (laughs) He was here at eight o'clock this morning and I told everybody, it's infuriating. But he's right. And gradually as I'm listening to a different story, God's making me a better leader. I want to encourage you today. The story that you're listening to will actually determine the way that you live. Now, we're all listening to stories all the time. We're listening to some stories on social media. Many of you have listened to many of those stories already today. You know, we're, we're watching stories on Netflix. We're filling our, our minds and our hearts with soft porn and violence all the time. We're, 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 we're listening to the media's report of the world story, the events that are happening around the world and the way that they see it. Now, if they're the stories that are filling our hearts, we will live according to those stories. We've got to listen to a different story. And there's a different story. All of the promises of God fulfilled in Christ and can be received by us today, now and into the future. I want to encourage you, don't lose heart in the power of God, but put your faith, your trust, your hope in the promises of God. Ahaz was warned in verse nine that we read before. If you do not stand firm in your faith right now, you will not stand at all. Ahaz wouldn't listen to the new story. And his story is in 2 Kings chapter 16. It's not a real good story. I encourage you to listen to God's story. Let him speak into what has you shaken right now. If you do not stand firm in your faith now, you will not stand at all. You see, we need strength from God to stand firm while we wait in hope for the promises of God. Because there is a waiting. Sometimes that waiting is short and sometimes that waiting is long. 
and we need strength to stand firm while we wait. God says to Isaiah, go and meet Ahaz at the aqueduct, where the pool runs in to an aqueduct and into the city. Why is Ahaz there? Because he knows if they've got any chance of winning the war that's coming against them, they need water to sustain them. They need water to strengthen them. Just as a little aside, archaeologists found that aqueduct and found that pool in the last century. It's a real place. This is not some fantasy story. This is a historical narrative. It, it exists and at one moment in time, 2,700 years ago, God sent a prophet Isaiah to speak to a young king who knew that he needed water to sustain and to strengthen them. And, and, and it took a message of, of hope that God actually wants to strengthen you, that God will give you the strength to, to, to fight, to overcome this enemy that's coming against you. And again, we can look at this ancient story and go, what's it got to do with us? I don't have an army attacking me. And it's true. But there is a fight that we're fighting. There's a fight against sin, there's a fight against evil, there's a fight against injustice in the world. And just like Ahaz, we need God to strengthen us to stand firm in that fight because the fight is worth fighting. Some of us here today are fighting a fight against addiction, against constant temptation. And I wanna encourage you, that fight is worth fighting and God has never asked you to do it alone. He wants to strengthen you. Some of you here right now are weary from, from, from loving, from forgiving, from serving, from caring for your family, for reaching out and trying to reconcile relationships and bring blessing to others. It's a fight worth fighting. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not get weary in doing good for at the proper time there will be a harvest. I wanna say to all of you today, whether you're, whether you're fighting against addiction, you're fighting against temptation, whether, whether you're fighting for your family, the fight is worth fighting. And God wants to strengthen you to win the fight. He wants to give you the strength to stand firm in your faith, whatever has you shaken, whatever you're walking through. Together as a church, we've been part of a fight against human trafficking in Cambodia for the last 13 years. It's a fight worth fighting. Can I hear an amen? We're gonna keep fighting against injustice in the world. I remember in 2008 standing outside a brothel where this young girl lived, just had a little baby named, named Nita. I just remember sitting in the tuk-tuk about to get back on a plane to come back to comfortable Brisbane. And, and God said, do it for her, she's worth the effort. She's worth fighting for. Young girl sold at 12 years of age. When she was 15, the brothel owner's son fell in love with her, had this little baby named Nita. And the brothel owner said, when Nita is of age, she too will be sold. And it's been incredible just to see the way God has worked in this girl's life, transformed her life. We get the joy this Christmas to make sure little kids like Nita are safe from trafficking. They grow up knowing that they are loved by Jesus, where they'll be nurtured and cared for. I believe we can see generational change. It's a fight worth fighting. And God wants to give you, he wants to give us strength to stand firm in our faith, to keep fighting against sin, against evil, against injustice in this world as we wait for Jesus to come again and make all things right. That's the mission he's given us. God is so kind, he's so gracious. He says, those who wait on me, those who hope in me, I will renew your strength. I believe God wants to give strength to people today. 
I just believe as, as, as we pray at the end of this service, God is just gonna put like an injection of hope, an injection of strength in some people to stand firm in your faith in this season. Even when it feels like you're being shaken and thrown around by the wind, God wants to strengthen you. God is so gracious and kind. He's kind to Ahaz, even though Ahaz is unfaithful, desperately wants to bless him. This is what it says in verse 10. It says, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, he says, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, here now, your house of David, it is not enough to try the patience of humans. Will you try the patience of my God also, God gives Ahaz an incredible opportunity. He says, I, I'll give you a sign, anything you want, so that you've got confidence in my promises. You've got to remember in the past, God's given some pretty good signs. He turned rivers into blood. He blotted out the sun. He says, I'll do anything you want, just so you've got confidence in my promises. See, that, that's what a sign does. A sign gives you confidence of what to expect into the future. When you see this sign on a door, you are confident that in the future, you are only going to find other dress wearers. <laughs> you know what to expect into the future. You know, when you see this sign, you're confident that everyone around you is gonna be driving 70 kilometers an hour. You're confident, you know what to expect. When you see this sign, you know that if you drive in, you're gonna get a shriveled up hamburger and radioactive chips. <laughs> but you drive in anyway, go figure. You know exactly what to expect. God says to Ahaz, I'll give you a sign so you know exactly what to expect. And he says, no, I'm not gonna put God to the test. Sounds pious. Kind of sounds like the right thing to say, but when we read 2 Kings chapter 16, we see that the reason he said no is because he's already cut a deal with Assyria. He's already said to the king of Assyria, I'll put my trust in your might and in your strength, not in God's strength. I'll become your puppet king. And there was gonna be a cost to that for years to come. And this is what God said, even though you don't want a sign, he says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign anyway. It'll be a sign for the whole world. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Goes on in chapter nine to say, he will be called wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace, mighty God of his government, of his greatness, of his power, of his peace, there will be no end. See, Christmas is a reminder for us that we have been given a sign. We've been given a sign from God to give us confident hope for the future, confident hope in the promises of God today and forevermore. And I believe God wants to give some confident hope to people in this room today. One of the things I loved in Scotland was uh, hiking. And uh, we hiked some beautiful mountains. But day one, and I planned it all out, I had all the maps downloaded on my phone. And day one, we walked into uh, this fog. You know, I was just about to, we didn't take any photos for a while after this because three hours, for the next three hours, we just walked through fog. And all we could see was each other and about five meters in front of us. All I could do was follow the map I downloaded on my phone. So we spent three hours walking around the mountains of Scotland just looking at my phone. <laughs> it was the only way I knew to get anywhere. I've got to be honest, on day one, I felt a little unsettled. There was no one else around. It was, it was just us. We went, uh, go back. It was just us. And I'm thinking, uh, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know, it was very foggy, and I don't know what the future's gonna look like. This could be a short holiday. <laughs> but three hours later, we did walk out of that fog, and we were still smiling, and God led us out into a better place, 
a beautiful place. I just felt as I was walking on that day that's gonna be the story for some of us. We're gonna walk through a fog. And maybe right now, as life just feels a little foggy. You're not kind of sure of the future. And God's saying, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just trust me, if you just put your faith in me, you keep following me every step of the way, even though you can't see what's coming, I'm gonna lead you out to a better place. Will you trust me in the fog? We've been given a sign. This sign had no impact on King Ahaz. He still trusts Assyria. He still puts all his faith in Assyria. He thinks Assyria is his only hope. And if you read on the next couple of chapters in Isaiah, God promises that Ephraim and Aram will not overpower Judah. He promises that they will be judged by Assyria. And then he'll judge Assyria for messing with his people. And there'll be a cost to becoming a puppet king. And all of God's promises came true. 12 years later, the two northern kingdoms got carried off as captives into the Assyrian Empire. 20 years later, the Assyrian Empire marched to the gates of Jerusalem and Hezekiah had to pay them off with all temple treasures. There was an ongoing cost, but it looked like no one would ever defeat the Assyrian Empire until the Babylonians came along and defeated Assyria and they became an empire bigger than anything the world had ever seen before. And King Nebuchadnezzar did march to the gates of Jerusalem and they were carried off as captives into Babylon. And it looked like Babylon would never be defeated until the Persians came along and defeated the Babylonians and they called their king the king of kings because no one will ever defeat their king until along came Alexander the Great and Greece swept to power and conquered the known world. Everybody said Greece will never be conquered until along came the Romans and they became a bigger empire than the world had ever seen. And it was right in the middle of this Roman domination when the people of God had actually thought that God had forgotten his promises. And there is a young man named Joseph who is shaken to the core because his fiance has gone and gotten pregnant and he knows he's not the father and he's about to divorce her quietly when an angel turns up and says, Joseph, don't be afraid. Verse 24 in Matthew chapter one, all of this happened to fulfill what the prophet promised. The virgin will be with child. She will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Promise made, promise kept. It just took a little longer than what everybody expected. This baby born to a virgin in a humble stable was no ordinary son. He was God in the flesh. And he displayed his power through incredible miracles that the world is still talking about. But then he was put to death on a cross. And it looked like the power had gone out. But on the third day, when the women went to the tomb to anoint his dead body, he wasn't there. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, displayed power in miracles, died on a cross, separated from his father so that you'll never be separated from him again. God with us, rose from the dead on the third day, defeated sin and death once and for all. That's why he is called wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, of His power and of His peace, there will be no end. Because nobody else has gone through death and come out the other side. God doesn't promise us a trouble-free life. He doesn't promise us that we'll never go through dark valleys or foggy times. But He does promise us that He'll be with us. Nothing will ever separate us from His love. He'll be there to guide us. He'll be there to speak His promises into our heart and to fill our hearts with hope and with faith. There will be a day when all sin and pain and injustice and suffering is done away with. But right now, He wants to give us hope and strength to fight the good fight, to fight against injustice and suffering and evil and sin in this world, to shine a bright light on the goodness of our God and the hope that He has for all eternity. You can put your hope in politics if you want, but it won't last. World history teaches us that. You can put your hope in money if you want, but it won't last. You can't take it with you. You can put your hope in success and popularity if you like, but it too won't last. The only lasting hope that we will find in this world is in Jesus Christ. It's lasting hope. It's living hope. Whatever you're walking through, whatever has you shaken, hope is alive for you because Jesus is alive today and forevermore. Stand together. Father God, we thank you. Thank you that you are a promise keeper. You don't just make big promises, but you keep them. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you that in every situation, whether we're feeling shaken to the core, whether we're walking through, you know, dark valleys, whether we're on mountaintops and we just can't see the way, you're with us. You'll never leave us. Your promises are always true. God, today, come by your Holy Spirit and fill us with hope. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to get our prayer team and our pastoral team down the front. And we're just going to pause for a little while before we sing our last song. Because I really just believe God wants to do something as we pray. If you're here this morning and, and, and you just say, I need hope. This picture I had is a really simple picture that as, as these prayer teams just put their hand on your shoulder, it was, it was kind of like God was just putting an injection of hope into your heart. I believe that's what God wants to do. Right now, if the situation you're walking through has just got you a little shaken or maybe a little weary, a little tired, and you just need to be filled afresh with the hope of God, faith in His promises, you won't give up, you keep fighting the fight. Come on, just start to come. Just let someone pray with you. Let someone just put a hand on your shoulder. That God would today come and feel you. Come on, keep coming, don't wait. I, I'm gonna, we're gonna keep praying for a while before we sing. If you don't come down the front for prayer, I'm gonna get you to pray with the people around you in, in just a minute. There's some of you here today and you actually are walking through a time where you just can't see what God's got for you in the future. And you're struggling to trust. You're struggling to keep taking the next step. And you're thinking about turning back. And God's just saying, you know, don't turn back and don't give up. I've got hope for you. If you, just, you need that, that, that hope and that strength to keep trusting step by step, come on, just, just start to come to the front. Just let someone pray for you. God's gonna fill your heart with hope. He wants to prepare our hearts, prepare room in our hearts that there'd be room for His hope to come and fill us and, and, and to guide us. I just had this picture as I was praying uh, for this morning. That the scripture that I read earlier from Psalm 40, verse 31, says they will soar on wings like eagles. And as I was praying for us this morning, I had this picture of an eagle trying to fly, but it was actually tethered to the ground by a chain. 
And the thing about an eagle is that if it's tethered, he won't fly. And there was this sense that God said, I want to set some people free this morning. There are some people who feel chained. Whether it's a big chain or a little chain, it doesn't matter. A chain is going to stop you from soaring and living the life that God wants for you. And I believe there's some people here this morning that God wants to bring miraculous breakthrough. So if that's you and that picture resonates with you, that you feel chained and you need God to set you free, I want to encourage you to right now come down the front and receive prayer. I also had this word that there's some people here this morning and maybe online that have lost hope in the promises of God. God's spoken some promises to you that you've held in your heart and you know that they're from God. But over time, due to circumstances or the length of time that it's taken for this promise to come to fruition. You kind of lost hope in this promise of God. And I believe that this morning, God wants to restore your hope, to renew your faith, to give you hope that His promise will come to fruition in His time. So if that's you, can I encourage you to come down and receive prayer this morning? Just more people to come and pray in a moment. Just, just keep coming. I just really believe God wants to just fill hearts with hope. If you're online, just, just let someone in the chat know that you'd love someone to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you to this morning, wherever you are, that God would fill your heart with hope. I just believe there's some people here, even just this week, you said, I'm not sure it's worth it anymore. I'm not sure it's worth fighting for that relationship, fighting, you know, for my family. I'm not sure it's worth serving. It doesn't look like anything is happening. I've been tempted to give up. God wants to fill your heart with hope. Listen to this beautiful promise in Romans 15. It says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're not down the front praying for someone, and we do need some more people to come and pray, or if you're not down the front receiving prayer, why don't you just lean over to someone in your pew that you know and just pray that they would overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. They've got to fill their heart with hope. Come on, just take a few moments before we sing. God, come and fill this place. Fill this place with your Spirit. Break into our hearts, God. Fill our hearts with hope. Come on, church, wherever you are, whether you're online or in the room today, just begin to pray that God would come and fill us with hope. Hope that only you can give us strength to endure, a strength to fight the good fight. God, I pray for those who do feel like they're walking through a fog right now. God, just every day as they open your word, I pray that you would speak words of life and wisdom. God, words of comfort and peace, just to keep taking that next step with you. God, may our hearts overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. And we're gonna sing a final song this morning. We do need a few more people just to come and help pray. If you love Jesus, you love praying, just come and find someone to pray for down the front here as we sing about the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ.
fulfill the promise your very body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow into this world that desperately needs it with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.